The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to John. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, that someone lay down his life for his friends. If you are my friends, if you do what I command you, no longer do I call you servants, for the servant does not know what his master is doing. But I have called you friends, for all that I have heard from my Father I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should abide, so that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give it to you. These things I command you, so that you will love one another. The Gospel of the Lord. All right, well, good morning again. So for those who don't know, my name is Cody Quinn. I'm the pastor of Students and Connections here at One Fellowship, and it's always an honor to be able to speak uh, to all of you. And so you'll see the title of my message is Branch to Branch. If you were here last Sunday, or maybe you watched online on our YouTube, um, you heard Pastor Drew start off John chapter 15, and we see the imagery of God the Father being uh, the, the, the one who keeps the vine, Okay, and then you see Jesus as the vine, and you see us or people as the branches. And so we will continue looking at that imagery today as we dive in. And so before I begin, let, uh, let's bow and say a quick word of prayer. Father, we thank you so much for today. We thank you for your, your goodness. We thank you for your grace that is new each and every day. God, I pray that as I speak, that you would speak and that you would cut us to the hearts and that you would make us more and more like you. It's in your name we pray, amen. So let me ask you this question. Looking back in your life from the vantage point of today, what are some moments or when are some moments where you have felt loved? So looking from your vantage point today, what are some moments in your life in which you have felt loved? Maybe it's a big moment, maybe it's a small moment for me, when I was preparing the sermon, the first moment that came to my mind is probably, it seems insignificant. And then I definitely didn't see this as a, a, a loving action, but I remember when my brother and I rode the school bus, okay? So I think we, we, we only rode the school bus one year. I think I was in third grade. We live very close to school, so I don't know why we did this, but we rode the school bus. We were the first drop on the way home. I remember every time we got home from school, we'd walk across the street to grandma's house and grandma would have a plate of cheese and crackers for me and a bowl of chocolate ice cream for my brother. I think as I got older, I started doing a little bit of both, but I loved cheese and crackers. I mean, I had the way of making sure the, the crackers had the proper amount of cheese. There was no wasted cheese on the crackers. Like I knew what I was doing. And looking back, as that memory comes to mind, it brings up all these other memories of my grandma and how she has loved me throughout the years, even when I didn't realize it in the moment. How about for you? Even now, I think about um, how I feel love and how Kelsey, um, my wife, how she loves me. And I have played all sorts of sports growing up. I love sports. I, you know, watching a sport is one thing, but even still, I would much rather be playing. I'd much rather be on the field than anything. And so when I play, I'm currently playing in a rec soccer league. When Kelsey comes to watch my games, like 
it means a lot to me that she's showing up and watching that. I just feel her love in that moment that she cares about what I care about and so forth. And so I wonder for you, when you look back, where have you felt love in your life? Today, we're talking about love. We're talking about this love that we should show one another and not just those who are on the same page as us, so to speak, but everyone. To our neighbors, how should we love all those around us? Which leads us to our big idea this morning, which as a believer, to love one another is not an option. It's a command. To love one another is not an option, it is a command, which takes us to point one, sacrifice. Our scripture picks up in verse 12, it says this, this is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, that someone laid down his life for his friends. Verse 12 to 13. So again, Pastor Drew last week talked about the first part of John chapter 15, and that's really God's relationship to us from that vantage point. And we see this wording and this imagery of how we are to abide in Christ, how we are to be attached as branches to the source of life or to the source to the vine. But we see also in the first part in like verse 2, how it kind of looks like it's this performance-based thing. He says, hey, there, there could be pruning. If you're not producing fruit, then there will be pruning so that you may produce more fruit. But if you read it out of context, it kind of looks like this performance-based abiding, this performance-based check-the-box-off thing. But that's not what it is at all. You see in verse 3, he says, hey, you're already clean. You're already on the team. This is so that, and you find this out later in John 15, so that you may have joy, that you abide and have life. It's not this check the box off. You see, love starts with Jesus. And so my question for you is how has Jesus or how has God loved you? We talk about love. We've just, from this vantage point, looked back in our life. But from this vantage point today, How has God loved you? Because that, he is the source of love. If you're not connected to the source of love, it's gonna be hard for you to love others. Romans 5, 8 says this, but God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Sacrifice, he gave himself up for us. You see, it's really easy to love those who love you, right? It's very easy to love those who love you. It's really easy to love those who agree with you, who share the same thoughts, the same opinions. It's easy to love those who have the same views as you, who like the same post as you, who have the same status updates as you. It's easy to love those. But Jesus says that while we were still sinners, he died for us. That his love even goes to those that are not in agreement with him. While we were separated from him, he showed his love for us and died for us. And this point in Matthew 5 is made even more. It says, for if you love those who love you, what reward do you have? Do do not even the tax collectors do the same? And if you greet only your brothers, what more are you doing than others? Do not even the Gentiles or, or maybe simpler unbelievers do the same? You see, it's easy to love those who are on the same page. 
But our command here is to sacrifice, to to go low, to lift others high, even when they don't agree with us. Even when they don't share our same thoughts and points of view, we are to love them, to lay our life low, to lift others up, no matter what. The first principle of loving others is sacrifice. Which leads us to point number two, which is vulnerability. Our passage picks back up in verse 14. It says, you are my friends if you do what I command you. No longer do I call you servants, for the servant does not know what his master is doing, but I have called you friends. For all I have heard from my father, I have made known to you. Verse 14 to 15. See, we highlight a lot of different ministries here at our church. You hear about them all the time, but one that we highlight a lot because a lot has come from this is our men's hike. And there's some different secret sauces to the men's hike. The men's hike is pretty cool just because you're up in the mountains hiking. Like that in and of itself is a cool, awesome aspect. Now, you may have saw a video a couple weeks ago that Pastor Paul shared hiking through the Chest High River. Um, Some people may not think that's cool, and that may not have been cool. But ultimately, hiking is cool. But the secret sauce of the men's hike is the leaders that go. They're not pastors they're, you know, they're just men in our church who are leading the hike. And their role is to share their story, the good, the bad, and the ugly, so that it invites others to accept and to enter into their story. Say, hey, where is my place in my story? And as the leaders are vulnerable, as they are open, as they say, hey, we're in this with you, we're no better, we're in this with you, it leads to healing. We see healing happen on the men's side, or at least an invitation to begin healing. We see that the men become one heart. They're, they're all for one and one for all, and that they're for each other. And that's what Jesus is saying here. He's saying, hey, what the Father has made known, I have made known to you. We're friends. I, I'm a master no more. I am your friend. We are in this Together, he's opening up and inviting us in. And if you want to love others, you have to accept your story, be honest about your story, and let others in. That invites them and others to accept their story. You see, Jesus didn't come to rule with a heavy hand, but invite us to walk along with him. To do that, we must be open. We must be vulnerable with who we are. So principle number two of loving others is vulnerability. We are friends with Jesus and others, which leads us to point three, build up, build up. Verse 16 says this, you did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should abide so that whatever you ask the father in my name, he may give it to you. Verse 16. Now, To open up this point and and build up, let me just talk about summer camp one more time. Okay, I feel like this is a summer camp that just keeps on living for for various reasons. The leaders understand what I'm talking about with that. But summer camp, let me talk about one one last time because it's such an awesome experience. And it's such an awesome awesome experience as I was preparing the sermon because I thought about our leaders. Our our adult leaders who go and... uh, serve and lead the students on the trip, they're living this out. They're sacrificing their time. They're sacrificing PTO that could go elsewhere for a week of camp to pour into students, to pour into your students, 
so that they, and goes into point number two, as they hear the leader's stories and the vulnerability of them, they're invited themselves to be vulnerable with themselves. And so I see uh, our, our, our student leaders in this. And our leaders did such a good job because our small groups were awesome at camp. Normally camp builds up. If you've ever been to camp, even men's hike in a sense, uh, you, you kind of start this journey and the last night you have this culmination where everyone's in one room, you have this super emotional experience, everyone's crying, you know, all this stuff. And it's great. Well, this year we didn't have that because our leaders did such a good job of inviting others into their story that all that, all the emotional stuff was processed in small groups. And so the last night, I was a little let down, but I was, I was also super grateful because our students were processing super great things. So what did we do our last night? Well, our last night, instead of being super emotional, it was not. It was, um, we had a rap battle, okay? <laughs> a little different than what I had anticipated, but we had a rap battle. So we had three freshman girls who throughout the week were making these poems about camp and about people at camp in different, in various forms and fashions, but it always started with roses are red. And so they got to talk about that the last night when our whole group was together and it ended up, they wanted to challenge each other. They wanted to rap battle each other. And of course, in good heart, we let them diss each other. We let them encourage each other in this battle. And sometimes we didn't know exactly what they did. So I need your, I need your participation here. So if a student uh, encouraged the other, okay? So if they're rap battling, they're, they're saying these poems to each other and they encourage them, we go, build up. So I need you guys to help me with that. So on three, I need you, hand motion, all, the 9 a.m. was a little groggy, but I need the hand motion as well. So on three, one, two, three, build up. Excellent. Now, if you got dissed, okay, if you got, as you will come to find out, if you got wrecked, right? See, Ford's over here doing the motion. You go, get wrecked, okay? And so on three, I need you to help me with that. One, two, three, get wrecked. Yes. Now, and then I told you there were some times where some students were, I, I didn't know what they did. Um, I think the whole group was a little confused, little encouragement, little wreckage, little, I don't know. And so then we did get wrecked. Okay, so, so let's do that on three. One, two, three, get wrecked. Excellent. So let me introduce, I wanna show you a video from this, but let me introduce it. So you, the students wanted Kelsey and I to rap battle each other, right? And they specifically wanted us to wreck each other, specifically wanted us to diss each other. And so what you're not gonna see in this video is Kelsey dissing me, okay? You're not gonna see that part. Just go talk to her. My feelings are still hurt, okay? I, I hope none of the students' feelings are hurt from their wreckage, but my feelings are still hurt. But in this video, you'll see my response. You'll even see some, you'll even hear, if you listen closely, some students in the background being like, oh man, Cody's gonna, he's gonna be crying after that. And so you'll see me processing before. So, so watch this video and then we'll, we'll talk about it a little bit. So I just got wrecked. I'm processing. Roses are red. What's up with you? I want to get married. Oh, wait. We already said I do. Oh! 
So, so what happened was Kelsey dissed me, but before you go to the rap battle, you kind of, I went with the guys, Kelsey went with the girls to get our material. And uh, one of our high school guys, or maybe a couple of them, wise above their years said, hey, Cody, she's about to diss you. She's about to wreck you, bro. What if you build her up? What if you encourage her? This will be brownie points. You should, I said, dude, this is excellent. Let's do that. And so what you see is me processing the wreckage and then I build her up. And it just, when I think about that and this, I'm just like, how many times do we respond to the wreckage of life, the chaos of life, the misunderstandings of life with just more wreckage? How much time do we just keep the cycle going? We just keep piling on, whether it's a, a new status, another conversation behind someone's back, whatever it may be, we just continue the wreckage. We see here that Jesus says, you did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you. He's building his people up yet again in this passage. Remember in verse three, he's already told us, hey, you're already a part of the team. This isn't a check, check the boxes type thing. You're already a part of the team I want you to be full of joy. Whatever you ask in my Father's name, he may give it to you. See, Jesus is encouraging us. I chose you. We're on the same team. And the question is, how are you encouraging others? How are you taking this and building others up rather than just causing more and more wreckage, more and more chaos? And so we have these principles of how to love others, to, to sacrifice, to, to go low so that we can lift others up. We have uh, this other one of vulnerability, of open up our own stories, which invites others to open up their stories. And then we're called to build up as Jesus is building us up in this passage. So how can we apply this? Well, again, it goes back to the question from the beginning, how has God loved you? As the source of love, again, you have to go back to that. We have to abide in Jesus for this love. He is the source of love. If we want to have life and to give life, we must be plugged in. So how can we do that? I was talking to a youth group student in small group a couple Sundays ago, and we were processing this idea of how to remember God's goodness. When in your life has God been good? talking about how in the Old Testament, how they always set up altars. So when they traveled the same path and walked around, they would see these monuments, these altars of where, hey, this reminds me of what God did here. And so challenging the students to build some altars in their life. What is an altar that you can look back on? Say, hey, God was good to give you courage and strength and all that to keep going in this crazy, chaotic life. And one student spoke up and he said, you know, last school year, I started a prayer journal. He said, you know, nothing like, I didn't expect anything from it. I just wanted to write down some stuff. Just take it pen to paper. So he started this prayer journal. And then this school year, he had the thought, it was the first time it crossed his mind to actually look back at his prayer journal and to see what he had written. This is a high school senior. And he said, he looked back and he was like, dude, God answered here. God answered here. Not how I thought he was going to answer, but he answered here. Not how I wanted him to answer here, but he answered here. He answered here. And just seeing how God had been good all throughout his life. And so my application, my challenge for you, because this is something we all can do, start a prayer journal. 
Start a thankfulness journal. What are you thankful for? What prayer requests do you have so you can go back and set these altars up and say, hey, Jesus has been good to me. I think this will help us abide. This is a very practical step to help us to abide in Christ as a branch to be attached to the vine. And so we see these principles to sacrifice, to be made low, to push others up, to be vulnerable, to invite others into our real story so that they can find their place and their purpose in their story and to build others up so that others will have the encouragement to keep going. May we do that as we see and lead from the example that Jesus shows us in this. Because as a believer, to love one another is not an option. It's a command. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for who you are. God, we thank you for Romans 5, 8. God, that while we were still sinners, you loved us so much that you died for us. That while we are far from you, you save us. God, may we do that for others in our life, others that we disagree with, others that hold vastly different points of view. God, show us how to love them and help us to love them well. God, help us to be vulnerable. Help us to be true and honest with our story so that we can find healing in you, so that we can be connected to the source of life in you, but also to help others be invited to be open with themselves. And God, help us to build each other up. There's too much tearing down. There's too much wreckage out there all over the place. God, help us to build up. God, we thank you that you have set the example and that you always, always, always show up. You always come through. You always love in grace and truth. So Father, we thank you. We praise you. It's in your name. Amen.